1: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel. That's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel for all of our streams, including Dono Daily every single day at 3 o'clock. Also, you can catch the pregame show before floor, an hour before every game, post up 5R right after the game, and we do post-up games or post-game shows for the Dolphins and the Hurricanes as well. Also, check out fivereasonsports.com for the latest from Brady Hawk and others. We do not have a paywall there. And the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We tell you about this one all the time. If your company is looking for IT, you got to reach out to CPT of South Florida. They've been providing small and medium businesses with the technology they need for decades. They specialize in cloud hosts and phone systems and managed IT. If you own a small or medium business and you're looking to save money on your monthly phone and internet costs, give tj a call the phone number is 954-966-2766 that's 954-966-2766 and he's got a great promotion 25 percent off cloud phone service including free phones and the first two months of service free so check out cpt-florida.com for all your it needs and again the phone number 954-966-2766 and now today's episode.
2: Yay. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Wait, here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, ran bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, yo. Check the floor playing, got all banned. Y'all seen the block? stop the one hand. And pat with trust, it's power, have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up.
3: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. And sponsored by our friend Mark Brown, you can find it at markbrownpa.com. This is where you go. For all of your needs when it comes to estate planning, or if you got to get your title done, you're closing out a property, you reach out to Mark, M A R C Brown, dot com. our guest tonight, and you can also find her on the Feel the Heat podcast. Uh, well, it's a podcast. It's also a streaming show. You can find that on the YouTube channel. Alana Tauhauer. Did I do that correctly, Alana?
3: Close enough, Tauhauer. We'll get there. We won't get, there. it's only almost, it's only been like almost a year now. It's fine.
0: I feel like that was pretty darn close.
3: It was that's I, the closest I, you've been. I,
1: yes. I feel like grading me on a curve that, that I should get credit for that.
3: Okay. One. You got like an A minus then. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it. That's, <laughs> that's not too bad.
1: That's not too bad. Lisa Simpson would be unhappy with it, but I'll take it. All right, let's, let's get to it here. We're going to have some fun tonight because everybody is stuck in the mud. I was actually out at the hard rock, uh, tonight, not the stadium, but the hotel, the, uh, the Hard Rock Live, the Casino Hotel, and and they actually they were having fun out there tonight, which they should. Uh, Tyler Hero was out there. Udonis Haslam's is getting honored at the Sports Illustrated Awards as a hometown hero. Uh, Dwayne Dedman and Caleb Martin were going to be there. Tyler was dressed in something, which we'll discuss with Alana because she covers these kind of issues on Field of Heat. Uh, we'll get into that later. But again, it, it's a night off during a bad stretch, and the Heat are in a bad stretch. We can't sugarcoat that. They're not playing well. They're banged up. Uh, Jimmy Butler is not going to play on Wednesday. Markeith Morris, who we had heard that the Heat were hopeful could play on Wednesday, is not going to play on Wednesday either. So the earliest for both of them would be Saturday against Chicago. They still don't have Oladipo. Uh, They still don't have Bam. Obviously, Bam had quote-unquote successful surgery, but he's going to be out uh, for four to six weeks from the time of the surgery. It's already been a week, and we still hear it potentially could be longer, but we'll see how that goes. So this is a bad stretch. We want to tell you how to survive it. Okay, so I'm going to start here with Greg because he is Mr. Green Shoots. Uh, He is uh, he's not going to sunshine pump you today, but he's going to give you some reasons that you can get through this to the other side. And then Alex and Alana are going to weigh in. So go ahead, Greg.
0: I bet the audience right now is going, what is this guy about to say to us to try to sell to us about this stretch to put lipstick on uh, on this situation? And truthfully, like if we're just going to talk like get down to brass tacks. What do you want to look for wins and losses wise for me play 500 basketball when Jimmy and Bam are out like that's, so there's, there's one measuring stick, a metric to watch. Um, The other thing that I think for me, what I'll be watching is when guys have increased roles, how they respond to that different lineup combinations, things that Spolstra is going to inevitably have to adjust and try uh, seeing what things work. I think that that can be informative to what could take place later on in the season. So I think that there's things like that to watch, but you do kind of have to put your diehard heat fan hat on and embrace watching how Kyle and Duncan awkwardly figure out this backup backcourt situation. Like there's things like that games within the game that I think we can watch for, uh, And, like, that's how I will approach this, knowing that essentially what can we expect more than about 500 basketball until Bam and Jimmy are back?
2: Alex, what are you looking for? I mean, I'm looking for them to kind of figure out the whole rebounding situation, right? Like, I just think the way that it's flip-flopped back and forth from elite in these first few weeks of the season to really – under, like, below average the past couple of weeks without BAM. It's just been pretty crazy to me, understanding that BAM is a huge part of what they do. Uh, I think they got to get that part back on track. And I know a lot of it is because of BAM and also the, the you know, not having Marquise Morris all this time. You just, you know, you know you're know you smaller, right? So it's not necessarily a roster thing. It's not necessarily Spo's fault. Uh, it's more of a collective thing. And I just think that, you know, when they have a smaller margin for error, This is uh, that's going to be one of those things that I just think it's going to end up determining a lot of these games going forward.
3: Alana. At this point, I'm not even watching the team as a whole. I'm just watching individual players because to me right now, this team is what it is. Um, And we're not going to go down the negative road here, but for me, it's still watching guys like Tyler, um, you know, keep up the good work and exceed expectations, Um, it's focusing on PJ doing more, I think offensively than anyone necessarily expected. Um, and even guys like Caleb Martin stepping up, even though maybe not enough to get us wins. So at this point, I am not really looking at it as like collective basketball. I'm just zeroing in on what different guys can bring. And when the health comes back, then we can kind of put them, you know, into play and their individual talent will hopefully propel us forward. But right now it's not, there's just no team game to me.
1: I'm kind of looking at the collective temperament of the team. I, you know, I, I, these stretches without players, you can do what Memphis is doing or you can do what Miami is doing. And, and I think that's what's frustrating about last night, again, without getting too much into the negative here, is that Memphis lost. Like, it, there's no question who their best player is. Like, it's not it's not a debate. OK, it's not like a Bam Jimmy debate with the Heat we know who their best player is it's john morant and they haven't had john morant and they're blowing people out because other guys are embracing the opportunity and i think what what is frustrating here for for me to watch this team is they don't look like they're having any fun right now and they did early in the season it's starting to feel like last year a lot. And, and that is not what you were hoping for. Now, last year was somewhat COVID-related. In addition to the injuries, you hope that you don't run into that now because uh, that would make everything much worse. I mean, they wouldn't even be able to field five players if they go through one of those spells. Uh, but I, I just I want to see them enjoy it. And, and we were seeing that early in the year. You were seeing the young guys, uh, you know, play it, like I said, above their heads, P.J. Tucker fitting in well, Kyle Lowry making everybody better all of that stuff has kind of stopped. I, and I feel like it's not just the bam thing and the injury and the Jimmy thing. It's also just like, to me, it's Duncan. It's like the look on Duncan Robinson's face kind of like exemplifies where this team is right now. He just doesn't look like he's enjoying it. Like he doesn't, everybody gets on him for the podcast. Like he has fun on his podcast. He doesn't seem to be having fun on the court. It's real right? pressure now.
2: Right. Especially with Duncan.
0: Yeah. yeah well, and I think The whole team I think feels that to your point and, and those expectations getting ramped up the way that they looked good and they were having fun. And then now to go, you get punched in the mouth. Uh, Some of these guys are probably learning how to navigate that and react to it. And it's just, there's a part of this that I think you're deflated when your best players are out. And there's also the part of like that. I don't know. I, I just think that it's easy to have fun when you're winning and it's, easy to and it's like real quick you can change the look on your face when you're losing so I, I just don't know if like maybe if they were to win too straight if all of a sudden they would have a press conference where Kyle and Jimmy are making jokes back and forth it may not be Jimmy up at the podium because he's right. not playing but like so that's why I just that stuff changes so quickly and it's so energetic that I, I just don't know how to quantify it
1: yeah no and you're right and, and there's always the question right does winning lead to chemistry does chemistry lead to winning and it's probably a, a little bit of both but but a lot of I mean we, we were sort of enjoying some individual stories with this team early and, and I even feel with heat fans that they're starting to turn on certain guys like the Kyle Lowry experience was a hell of a lot of fun during the preseason and the first two weeks of the season and now it's not as much fun like even for me as as a as a sort of quote-unquote journalist observer like I I would like to watch him score more and complain less I I guess you know I mean and and some other guys on the team again Caleb plays with great energy. Max plays with great energy when he plays. Right. Which is another question here, uh, and which was weird that he didn't play in the last game after after being the only guy who really could do anything offensively against against Milwaukee. But I, I, I do feel like from a fan perspective, it feels dour right now. Like it, it feels like last year, w- whereas there does seem to be a light at the end of the tunnel with this team. I just don't think anybody can see it.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's any like surprise. I'm very much anti heat Twitter at this point. It's been getting worse and worse. Um, But I, every, every game I feel like blame needs to be put on someone um, even though there's actual tangible things to blame. And I tweeted this earlier today, but like both of your stars are now injured. Duncan is shooting like horribly. And then you have Kyle who in my opinion He's doing what he can with what he has. I think that people, you know, they saw side of Kyle when he first got there and it was getting better. His offense was clicking and then he lost Bam and Jimmy and Duncan isn't hitting either. So now all of a sudden, everything that he was used to doing, you know, making them look better and giving them better looks than, you know, necessarily himself all of a sudden, now everything's on him. I don't hold it against Kyle. I think it'll it'll come, uh, and I think he'll figure out his game. But to me, I don't know. I feel like also, not to say that these guys aren't necessarily listening to the fan base, but they hear what people are saying. Bam called, you know, Heat Twitter out a while ago, or however many weeks ago now, for the shooting the threes thing. So I don't know if that's part of it too, where fans are down, so they're also down. It's just it's an endless cycle. It's a catch twenty two at this point. I understand why fans are frustrated and sad and discouraged, but at the same time, there are things to look forward to. It's early in the season. There are logistical reasons and logical reasons for why we're not doing well right now. So to me, it doesn't help when everyone's just complaining all the time.
1: Yeah. And, and Alex, I, I, I well, first, a lot, I think you're a good point. They do hear the stuff. I mean, look, to Miami heat beats credit, Dwayne Denman adopted a nickname from heat beat uh, mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson. hears everything. I I know that. Tyler hears everything. I know that because some of it's come back to me. And to others, I think honestly, the only one who tunes all that stuff out is Jimmy. Like I, I, I the rest of the team, I think is because is Jimmy's
3: a it. psycho in the best way possible. I don't think Kyle really cares yeah, either. Kyle I think too, Jimmy right. and Kyle are cut from the same cloth. But we saw, you know, what the trade deadline was doing to both Duncan and Tyler. Oh yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that does have an impact on them.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And and again, I mean, we see this in another sport too. Everybody was saying when I talk Dolphins, I end up talking Heat. Well, I'm I'm going to talk Dolphins now while I'm talking Heat. Uh, we've seen what's happened to the Dolphins since the trade deadline passed there. And everybody knew that Tua was the quarterback the rest of the year. I don't think that's a coincidence that they're playing better now once that stuff passes. But yeah, I do think that some of these other guys are affected. It's funny you mentioned Kyle because somebody close to Jimmy said to me, he's an asshole, but he's our asshole. Uh, and, and I think that's, that is, that is kind of a way to describe it, that, that Jimmy and Kyle sort of have this, I don't really care attitude, which sometimes can be better uh, than what some of these other guys are doing when they're processing. But I, I want to get to the Duncan thing with you, Alex, because I, I, I have a couple of theories here on Kyle. I, I, I don't think that Kyle and Duncan, and this is not reporting, okay? I'm not saying there's a rift or they don't like each other. I don't not Nothing like that. I want to be very clear on that. But they don't, they don't look connected as a backcourt. You know what I mean? Like there are certain, Like Kyle, I don't know. Kyle picks up when Gabe's in there. Like he picks up when Tyler's in there. I, I I don't know if it's that they don't fit from a basketball perspective or pr- it doesn't look right to me when Lowry and Robinson are
2: playing together. Am I reading too much into that? I don't know. I, I saw when you said that in, in our chat earlier today and I, I it, it's a, it's an interesting observation because I haven't p- really picked up on that at all. And to me, when I think about their chemistry together, it mostly just comes down to that, the, the three-point shooting. Right. And I think a lot of that stuff goes away if they're just hitting more shots, but really when I'm trying to visualize the way that they play together, I feel like I can visualize plenty of times where Lowry is finding Duncan wide open or he's looking to hit Duncan. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and he's just not making it. (laughs) Yeah. And so I don't know. I think, I think Lowry and Duncan make a lot of sense basketball wise. We know what the results have been so far. We know that not enough shots have fallen for, for either of those guys. I I don't know, man. Like I think the, the way that last night, played out was really ugly from start to finish, right? Cause it was, you should not be down at home to that team by so much throughout an entire game. Even if, you know, Jimmy's going in and out of the game, you're already missing Bam, you're already missing Markeith, et cetera, et cetera. That was just, that was a horrible loss. So I get why people are down right now, Um, you know, it's an, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth, but I'm looking at Lowry and Duncan right now. Like they're both kind of on the up and up a a little bit based on, you know, based from what, where they've been in the past few weeks. Right. Like I think Duncan, even though last night went two for five, you know, nothing from three specifically, nothing crazy uh, gave you two other field goals. And he's had more nights like that recently where it's like, he's not just shooting threes. Right. And it's stuff that we've been talking about forever where it's like, The teams overplay you, you get in there, and he's actually making an effort to dig deep into the paint and make something happen, whether he's going up for the layup or not. And I think he had uh, kind of regressed back in that area after making some steps there last year. So I'm glad to see Duncan really making them pay for overplaying him and getting deep into the paint. And I just think Lowry has looked better as a scorer and same thing, actually getting into the paint. Uh, in the past few games. I thought he had a pretty good game yesterday. So uh, although things are still weird and ugly, specifically because of how last night went, uh, I think those two guys are on the up and up, and that's kind of what we've been waiting for.
0: Yeah, Alex, I mean, quickly to jump in on Lowry as a scorer. In the post-game presser last night, um, and you can find this on Five Reasons Sports' uh, YouTube channel, uh, Kyle was talking, and he's like – he said something like, I don't know if I should shoot more – or and he know he, he knew he shouldn't say or shoot less because that's obviously right. not what he needs to do. So he said something like, I don't know if I should need to shoot more or shoot more. Like he said it like twice. And that to me was like, it's, it's a moment where he's being very candid. Like he's trying to figure out how the hell he's supposed to navigate this thing. You see him last night, only nine field goal attempts, five of nine. So he's efficient, eight assists. So he's getting to some good offense. Uh, I just hope he builds on that because uh, you can definitely I mean, he's articulating to you that uh, this adjustment period is definitely um, he's trying to navigate that whole thing.
1: Well, the other thing about it, Alana, is that, you know, he didn't play with these guys before. So what Duncan Robinson did without him, you know, until you're actually playing with him on the floor, like, (laughs) I mean, he hasn't seen it. Like, I mean, maybe you've seen it in practices, but he hasn't seen it in games, certainly at home. Like even he said about hero, the hero is better than he expected. Like you come into a new situation, like your buddy can tell you, okay, this is what Tyler's like to play with. This is what Duncan's like to play with. This is what this guy, but I mean, at least with with Butler and Bam and Duncan and Tyler and Deadman to a certain degree, because he was here last year and Max and Gabe, because they were here for a certain period of time last year, there's some familiarity, but Kyle's coming into this, trying to essentially, it's like, again, being the quarterback of a team that you haven't played with before. Like you don't know how the line blocks or how the receivers, you know, where they want the ball and all this. So I, I get it from an adjustment period. I just, I, I guess I don't, I don't know. I, I don't see joy with him on the floor. And I don't know if, and I watched him a lot in Toronto, I, obviously earlier in his career, Memphis Houston were different situations, but I'm just playing with Demar. Like there seemed to be joy when he played. I, I don't, I haven't see, seen it yet. And, and, you know, when I read the stories that he did with Mark Spears and Jeff Zilgit, it does still feel like there's this adjustment uh, on and off the floor, basically.
3: I don't know. For me, I just think that he's in a new environment where the culture, not to overuse that phrase, but is very different. And he's kind of like working off of Jimmy's. Aura at this point, like I think the whole point about Kyle coming in, um, not only to play with Jimmy, but to kind of be a second voice when Jimmy isn't enough or, you know, Jimmy isn't doesn't want to be the only one who maybe is a little bit harder on Bam or who's trying to uplift Tyler. So I think that his role, um, you know, X's and O's aside on the heat is so different that to me, that's all that it's showing. Um, I think that this is just a side of him that's been there. But again, it needs to come out a little bit more. And I think to your point, the adjustment period is a really weird one because he not only is on a new team, but now he's on a new team that's completely disjointed, looks different literally night in and night out. Um, I don't think their morale to your earlier point is very high. So I just think that Kyle is dealing with a lot right now on and off the court. Um, I think he looked like he was having fun when he first got here. I think when things were clicking, he did show signs of that. I just think right now he's so, you know, zoned in on trying to figure it out and trying to kind of not only see what he can do for himself to improve, but how he can kind of carry this team on his back for now.
1: Yeah, no, I think all that's fair. I when we come back, uh, we're going to have a little more fun, but I also I want to talk about Eric Spolster because he has coached all kinds of different teams and how he makes the adjustment to kind of keep their morale strong. Cause I, I, I thought some of Eric's comments last year where he put a lot of it on himself. I, I felt that was intentional um, before we do. I want to mention again, a lot of his appearances here are sponsored by Mark Brown, PA reach out to markbrownpa.com If you're looking for an estate plan, if you're young with a family, certainly that's something that you want to look into. Also, again, he's got a title company right there in house in his law firm, He can handle your closing for you. The phone number, I forgot to mention it earlier, 954-566-5678. Big Miami sports band, in fact, uh, hung out with him at halftime outside of Section 109 yesterday, which is very close to the Biscayne Bay Brewing uh, kiosk, by the way. 954-566-5678. We're also sponsored by our friends over at Intense Nutrition. I was just up there today. They're going to put me through a whole before and after thing. So, you know, you know when you see me with a six-pack in about six weeks, you'll know why. Going Intense Nutrition, okay? Check them out on Instagram. Also on Twitter at IN underscore Nutrition FL. That's Intense Nutrition. They can get you the, the Intense Cleanse and Detox, help you lose 10 to 15 pounds in 10 days or the specifics.
3: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.
1: uh, whether you're nearly 30 years old like myself or something like that, or whether you just need to fight cold and flu season. So go up to Intense Nutrition 9, uh, excuse me, 954-775-0257 at 2540 North University Drive in Coral Springs. All right, let's get to Eric Spolcher, because I, I thought that was interesting last night uh, that he said, I, maybe I need to do a better job getting us organized without jimmy and bam i I think eric has been much more candid this year i this has been a, a a progression for him over recent years but but he has talked specifically about who's there who's not there things we need to do what we're missing but he put it on himself last night alex so let's let's get into it how much of this is on eric
2: i think it's tough to gauge right now like i said earlier in the show because of the guys they're missing, there's only so much they can do. I think last night was just terrible because, you know, like you can give Jimmy the the benefit of the doubt first night back for going 4-12. I still thought he looked pretty good despite the scoring not being all the way there. So it's hard to even say that, right? Because, like, it, it's hard to, to say more. And, and I know this is simplifying it, but I know it's hard. It's hard to say more than this Grizzlies team is a pretty good one when they're healthy. When they're without John Morant, it is not a team that you should be losing at home to by so much, like I said earlier. And they just keep having these these rough starts in the first quarter, too, over, over some of these losses. And then last night, uh, I don't know where the Grizzlies finished at, but we were talking in our chat, and, and I think Leif said, oh, they're going to finish at 50, 40, 90 as a team or something like that. And then I remarked that uh, Cavs at Heat, the Cavs went 55, 50, and 90. As a team. So there's just been a lot of really weird performances and I'm sure coaching is a part of that, right? Like they can't keep going out to these weird starts. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is that's going on there. I just don't think they've like uh, that starting lineup is not stabilized ever since uh, these injuries, right? Like it's been back to kind of uneven play from the starters and the the bench trying to save you. And it's already kind of a short bench because you're playing your two best two best bench players in the starting lineup when Jimmy's not there. So I just think like right now, uh, everything is a little bit disheveled and all over the place. I do think that maybe they're leaning in a little bit too much on the small stuff. Not that Spo hasn't given a chance to Omer. Not that he hasn't tried. Right. Uh, I don't, I don't think Spo is being stubborn. I don't think it's really, the whole thing is, his fault I do think that with these guys out he does have to get really creative and I think kind of force some guys out of their comfort zone and I think that's what people want with Kyle Lowry for example or even though for the past couple of seasons we've been saying they need somebody else who can set up others and take pressure off of Jimmy and Bam now we want Lowry to be more like Goron to be that scoring guard now interesting. and I think that's fair because that's what happened. that's what you expect from your stars from somebody you signed for 30 million per season when you're missing one of your other stars or two of your your best players, I just think um, they're having a hard time figuring out that balance when they're missing multiple guys, right? Like it feels like when the team is healthy, everybody's in their proper roles, everything looks pretty damn good. And then you take out one or two of their, of their players and it's like, ooh, uh, the rotation is a little shaky.
0: Well, you know, I suppose more candid now, Ethan, it's because Alex is there to hold him accountable, hold him accountable. on a regular well, basis. Well, he wasn't
2: there yesterday.
1: He held himself accountable because it was just me in the press room. Uh, Alex wasn't there. I, I, I will say that you mentioned uh, the bench and, and the starting lineup. I mean, when Tyler came in last night, they were down 20 to 6. And I mean,
0: why did Max Struess only play six minutes? That is I, well, so bizarre.
1: I, I, I thought that Max would lose time with Jimmy coming back because you're, you're talking about, then you got to make a decision with Caleb Struis and Vincent. Uh, and I don't know that maybe Caleb would have played as many minutes if Jimmy hadn't gone out again, but still for Caleb to play in the thirties and Struis to play three minutes until garbage time was, was weird. I I, I don't, I don't think that Eric Alana. I don't think Eric has gotten a handle on this team yet, and, and I do. I think he was sort of getting there, and and we were praising him for it earlier in the season, but but I don't. I don't think that they really. And and look, how can you plan for? you know, bam, getting hurt, Jimmy missing. Uh, it's going to be like close to 10 games by the time for this season, by the time that we, we get to the all-star break, maybe more, uh, you know, obviously Lowry missed a game in Indiana that might've been winnable. Uh, they, you know, Marquise Morris situation. I mean, that's a guy they were counting on off the bench who was starting to work his way into shape. But if he did have a handle on things early, they didn't really have a handle on the contingencies. And also, Roster-wise, this roster is not built to sustain injuries. We talked about depth before the year. The bench has been better than expected, but it's the combinations that don't work anymore when you start pulling pieces out.
3: Um, To me, Spo has always been a very methodical and intentional coach, and I think that's what makes him so elite uh, year after year, despite, you know, who might be on the roster or injuries. But I think the kind of downside to that or the other side, I don't think he does well in like what I like to call controlled chaos for him. I think he goes into, you know, every night, um, with a plan and yeah, there's going to be some stuff where he does have to adjust based on, you know, foul trouble or what have you. But I think for the most part, he really, he has a vision. And then once that doesn't work out, he kind of freezes up, um, and you know, I again, I would not trade him for the world. I'm, I, I'm not trying to say that he's not a great coach, but that's kind of what I've been critical of Spo forever, honestly. But especially the last few years, um, and I think it's just coming. Out more so now because it has been such a turbulent season already. I still don't think people really have like a grasp on how early in the season it still is and how much we've already gone through. I mean, the fact that Kyle has been in and out, Jimmy has been in and out now, Bam underwent surgery and is gonna be out for X amount of weeks. I just think that, you know, at this point, Spo himself is recognizing that okay. Me going into it with a set game plan and having a little bit of tunnel vision just isn't going to cut it, especially when honestly, at this point, it's like a, it's just a free for all every night. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know who's going to play well, what version of Duncan is going to show up. So um, I think it's great that he called himself out because to me, that makes me feel better that he's going to adjust something moving forward.
1: I think that's fair, and and Greg, I you know I, I think that 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 comment about Spo has been made before, but it's not articulated often. I, I I do think that Eric is really good at adjusting within seasons once he has time to kind of think about Correct. it.
0: Or right, like, like, or like in a in a playoff series, in between games two and three, like when he's right. going back home or something like that, and he has a couple of days off. A couple totally... of days I
1: think. But but the in game stuff to me has never been his greatest strength. It is it, it is more. Now yeah. I'm not saying that he can't design a great ATO. Uh, which we saw the other night, the win that they, I forget what the win against Indiana, right? Was that the, whether the, the, the oh, misdirection Chicago the Chicago game, right? With the the misdirection play, yeah. play. Uh, you know, that he can't do that or the switching of the defenses or all that kind of stuff. But, but I do feel like at times it more so plays out with his rotations. I think uh, you,
0: you hit it. He's right. He, in pressers. He said things like, and I'm just completely paraphrasing, thinking back through all the years, cataloging where he says stuff like,
1: I forgot. Um, Yeah, I
0: forgot that he he didn't go back in because I just the game got away. It's a
3: personnel thing. I actually don't even think it's an X's and O's because he does have some great plays. Um, I just think personnel-wise, with the rotations, it becomes a problem when what he thinks is going to work isn't working, or a guy goes out unexpectedly.
1: Yeah, and well, and we've talked about how he needed that second assistant for a long time to kind of do this you know, and I'm, I'm not taking a shot at, at, at Chris Quinn or Malik Allen or anybody else who's there now, but Dan Craig did a lot of that stuff, uh, over the years. And, and before that, uh, Ronnie Rothstein did a lot of that stuff before Eric got to put in his own staff, Alex, go ahead.
2: So you we're here talking about SPO and, and the coaching and minutes distribution. And last night's was really funky. Like yeah, you got Lowry at almost 40 minutes, right? After that, nobody comes anywhere near that. So that's already, that's just, Part one, right? It's weird on itself. He's a 35 year old point guard who you're obviously going to have to rely on a lot. You've already relied on him a lot o- over these past couple of weeks without other players. Then you look at Caleb Martin who got to 31. He's mm-hmm. second. He's second in minutes played. Like I understand he's nice. He's giving you value as a two way player for sure. But my God, like that you is you to do that with Rodney whole... McGruder, Alex. Alex, yeah, the, and they're... he's doing it with Gabe Vincent too. Like Gabe didn't right. get close to Caleb. Like, he got to 24, but. Gabe and Caleb those guys are getting a lot of playing time right now and i think that's a that's a testament to how much they've proven so far right like and and how valuable they've been for what they are but that for what they are is very important. Like you cannot be playing them so much. Like you should be relying on your better players. I don't think that's an that's a crazy thing to say. Well, but well, you look Alex, at that, man, he only got 20 gonna, minutes last night.
1: But Alice, he's always gonna lean defense, and those two guys have proven themselves to him defensively. But, but the game Caleb last night, Caleb Martin got seven
2: more minutes than PJ Tucker. I,
1: I'm not I'm not I'm not arguing the point. I, I'm i with you it's on crazy. this crazy. I, I, I do think, and and I think our old friend Alf made this point on Twitter last night, and I think he's right why okay so duncan was playing reasonably well he had some boneheaded plays a bad a bad pass that was picked off the the blown layup but, but 22 he minutes shooting. yeah he's shooting well well he didn't play the whole fourth i and i guess i'm wondering this like okay so you're playing your two ways right instead of your your 16 million dollar shooter when you're yeah. trying to get back in a game but then you're also playing kyle lowry you know basically the entire fourth quarter to get to 40 minutes it, it was odd and the biggest the biggest oddity to me which just shows you that Eric is a little bit lost right now trying to figure this out and I, I do think he will over time because he always does but I think right now he's struggling with it is is the hero thing. there was one point that Tyler had 17 points in 16 minutes and I'm like why is he only played 16 minutes yeah. he only is the only guy night. who can
2: get anything off the dribble go ahead 28 minutes last night for Tyler hero <laughs> he
1: went 11 of 19 because he, he played to- the whole because he played the whole fourth.
0: Well, and speaking of fourth quarter, shout out to Simon Smith for this um, tweet that he sent out about 21, 22. So this season, fourth quarter minutes, Tyler Hero leads the team with 215. Kyle Lowry second. The next three guys are Caleb Martin, Max Strus, and Gabe Vincent. Duncan Robinson only has 77 fourth quarter minutes so far this season. To invest in a player on a five-year deal at the amount that they have and they can't rely on him in the fourth quarter, that is a problem. That's an elephant in the room and if you didn't want that elephant in the room, you shouldn't have, uh, especially you
1: know, if, if you're the, if you're the guy in the organization you paid most,
0: the elephant trainer, essentially. <laughs>
1: well, well I was saying like, if you're the guy in the organization who was most invested in him, cause we all know that, that, that Spolstreet is the one who's most invested in him. And I go back to Pat Riley's answer, weird answer to my question at the press conference where I told, I mentioned to him that Duncan had said, you know, earlier in the week at media day that he would like the chance to play fourth quarters, wasn't demanding it, but he said he he wanted to be in position. He wanted to be a player they could trust late in games and and Pat Riley's response, instead of saying, we hope he can become that, or that's a good ambition was, well, he needs to be on a bad team. Okay. Like that is that, that is not the response of a guy who wanted to sign that contract. Like, and then he backtracked, and kind of talked about him and Tyler, but he even said then, "Well, Tyler is more versatile offensively." I'm paraphrasing now, but the thing about bad team, I'm quoting directly: "He, he that that he that he's more versatile, and so he'll probably be in in more of those situations." But the numbers speak it out that either Riley didn't want it or Eric hasn't wanted it because it's not happening. And in a game like last night, like if you can't, like you said, you're down. They kept getting it down to eleven. They get, they got it to six once. And then there was one bad sequence, that's okay. That's embarrassing.
2: You can't get it down to less than like, you can't get it to single digits at home versus a Grizzlies without jaw. Like that's embarrassing. This was
0: supposed to be a, pod a positive we episode. Help. What is yeah. happening? I was like, going to say, know, we really tried, <laughs> lost track. Cause the more we, need we to talk meditate. about it, everyone like, breathe no. in through their nose, <laughs> out through their mouth.
1: Well, Alex, isn't usually this negative, but I'm with you because it, it was, I, look, Memphis is playing extraordinarily well under the circumstances. You can't take anything away. They're playing really well, Um, but you're right. I mean, just personnel wise. Okay. And I love Desmond Bain. I thought the Heat probably could have drafted Desmond Bain. We talked about it before the draft. He's a perfect heat player. He's got a heat physical body and he can shoot the lights out. Okay. Like he, he would have been perfect here. Okay. And we know obviously they took precious precious, not here anymore. Anyway, Uh, it went for Lowry. But, but I just, when you look at, and Dylan Brooks always kills them and annoys them and everything else. But with that being said, like, you're right. They pushed it to six once, and I can't remember the exact sequence, but there was a turnover and then a three. And, it, oh, and that was the whole another, game. Another, well, <laughs> another basket, day. and then it went to 11, and then they couldn't get it under 11 the rest of the game. But what I'm saying is this. If you have a guy that you believe is one of the best shooters in the world, if you still believe that, three is better than two, Right then you would have Duncan Robinson on the floor there. Or at the very least, you would have had Struess, and they didn't have either of them. It was just a heavy dose of Caleb Martin and almost Vincent, because it does look to me like Kyle Lowry is more comfortable. I'm not saying he prefers. I don't know what's in his head. It looks like he's more comfortable, Alana, playing with Gabe Vincent than he is with Duncan Robinson at this stage, right? Like, I mean, Tyler was out there, too. We said the whole fourth quarter but it looks like it's like more of a Van Vliet thing for him. It just looks, I I don't know. Duncan doesn't seem to fit the profile of the type of guards that Lowry has played with before. He's a little slower. He's a little taller, right? He's a little more limited in terms of some of the things he can do. That's not look at, look at the guards that Lowry's played with in Toronto before Van Vliet. Okay. They don't fit the Duncan Robinson profile.
2: Who's the closest comparison from the Raptors guys. Is it CJ miles? Like who's their best shooter over all those years? Yeah. CJ played sparingly though. Right. Yeah, I can't
3: think of, like, somebody. he may have started I
0: mean, at the three for a bit, but to your point, it was DeMar and Kyle as the backcourt. So it is, a, it is a new completely mix. different. Yeah.
3: Completely. De- yeah. And-, and I also, I don't know, part of me wonders, and this is obviously just speculation, but Duncan, because he's not doing well. And I think to your point earlier, you can see it on his face. Part of me is just wondering if Kyle's just also frustrated and maybe without even knowing it's coming out on the court. Um, In terms of their chemistry, like maybe he's just getting kind of frustrated with the fact that Duncan isn't able to, although, you know, to Alex's point earlier, I do think he's picked up a little bit, but that Duncan is a little bit one-dimensional. And when the threes aren't falling, he's not really giving you much else. At one point earlier this season, he was just racking up fouls. There was literally nothing else he was doing. He was running around in circles and racking up fouls. So I don't know, maybe even if it's not, you know, at the, at the top of his mind, maybe Kyle does feel some sort of way about him and it's just coming out on the court. I, I don't know. Um, but I now, I don't think, you know, to Alex's point, I didn't realize this, but when you said it, and I started paying attention, it is kind of a weird clunky fit between them right now. Anyway.
1: Well, but look, Damar is a slasher, right? We know. And he's now an elite slasher and a, and a great mid range guy, more similar in his game to Jimmy, which is why you would assume there would be a comfort level. Again, Jimmy has to be playing for that to actually happen. But the Van Vliet profile next to Lowry worked. I mean, it, it, they won a champion. I mean, they also had Kawhi who could do everything that Jimmy can do and some things a little bit better, right? Particularly the long-range shooting that Kawhi was incredible at uh, during the playoffs. But, but, yeah, Duncan is a different kind of player than he's played with before. And, and I do think, uh, you know, we talk about the frustration. I guess I didn't really realize it. And I guess we should have because the Heat played Toronto a lot, including in a playoff series that I covered in '16. I didn't realize that Kyle complains on every possession. So I don't, I don't know if that is what he's always done, or if that the is the three other era, frustrations that are spilling out. I, I don't know. It's every possession, though, right?
0: I mean, yeah. we lately I, it's been, it's been. Lot.
3: Yeah, it is. It's everyone at this point. Like, I right. think in the beginning, we were all kind of like, oh, we like his grit and we like the fact that he's doing it. I still like it personally, but I feel like I'm in the minority now.
1: I, I mean, I, I put up a thing yesterday. I said, who's on who's on the heats all time complaining team? And uh, none of us want to admit it. But because I was sitting next to Cooper Moorhead at the game and he's like, I mean, it's three and I'm like, well, let's not oh, do yeah. that. And then and, and, and we'll get that, I, you know, and, and I'm like, Okay, well, he never ran back on defense, you know. But he wasn't. He he didn't. To me, LeBron and Whiteside were the two biggest complainers with the officials that the Heat have ever had. Is that is one that fair? was way more
0: effective than the other?
1: Well, I I would I understand that, but the palms up thing with LeBron, we saw that all the time. Although I think that's gotten worse since he left, much worse since he left Miami. It's much worse with the Lakers in particular, even than it was in Cleveland. Um, but the the uh but but Dwayne Dwayne didn't argue with the officials that much directly. He just wouldn't run back on defense. That's pretty much what he would do. Uh, But Jimmy's not a complainer. That's why I guess I kind of Jimmy doesn't complain. Bam is not a complainer, really. So I guess the Kyle thing, because I haven't really seen it over the past couple of years. Tyler's not a complainer either. It kind of jumps out. All right, Alex, uh, give us a number. We're going to we're going to try to end this on a stat here, because I think I don't I think we've done a very poor job of uh, of making people feel better tonight.
2: Okay. Uh so while we were talking before about the combinations with Kyle Lowry and who he likes and doesn't like, I did a quick search on pvpstats.com. Shout out to them for on and off stats with specific combinations. And from from what I could tell here okay, Is this I, an ad read? Yeah, I don't no, know. I just
1: go to prizepix.com, use news? the code five F I V E. Get your initial bonus matched. Uh that's the where you want to play daily fantasy. Prizepicks.com, use the code five. Thanks for allowing me to slip it in. Alex,
2: go ahead. All right, so basically what i found so far is Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson together actually have a .06 net rating. So they're slightly in the positive still. That's in 458 minutes together. Mm. And then when I'm looking for the Lowry and Gabe Vincent combination. Did he freeze?
0: Yeah, because we didn't freeze. (laughs) I'm not a – I'm not this a big fan
2: does
1: not want to be made. No, go ahead. Make I'm the point of fan froze. A, we couldn't hear you.
0: We missed we Gabe's. Missed we we, we missed Gabe and Lowry's present. on off. You froze.
2: Jesus <laughs> Christ, man. You're not I mean, editing any of this. Go ahead. Continue. This is great. I mean, look, I'm, I'm more dysfunctional in the heat right now. This is just not going on. Well. <laughs> this
1: is starting to feel like one of a lot of what's their shows, net rating. Go Can ahead. you <laughs> just Spit that out
0: so that the listeners know before the podcast ends,
2: Kyle Lowry and Gabe Vincent together in several less minutes are a 1.03 net rating together. So I haven't been a fan of that combination together. I think they're a little bit too small. I don't think Vincent is nearly as good as Van Vliet. But, yeah, I just think, uh, you know, give a little bit more benefit of the doubt. And that's with them not even hitting on threes yet. So... All right. So the point is
1: go to pricepicks.com When Kyle Lowry is playing with Duncan Robinson, play Kyle Lowry and the over use the code five. Thanks to our other sponsors, markbrowpa.com for allowing a lot of, to be on with us tonight. We appreciate that. Also CPT Florida.com and uh, Oh, and intense nutrition. So we'll see what kind of shape I can get into in the next 30 days. Have a good night, everybody. We hope you made you feel better. I'm not sure we did.
0: Hey, at least we're not the Indiana Pacers. That is a mess.
1: See, you feel better.
0: Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional
2: Sports Network.
3: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call.